Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys. We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! What are we doing today? We are doing um, a late episode that's on a Sunday, which would make it our... Sacrilegious Book Club! Right, right. So what are we going over today? So we are in the big book called A Treasury of Jewish Folklore, Stories, Traditions, Legends, Humor, Wisdom, and Folk Songs of the Jewish People, edited by Nathan Ozubel. Okay. And um, part one was Jewish Salt, part two was Heroes, 
We are in part three, the human comedy. Last time, um, oh, we're still in chapter one, droll characters. Last time we learned about schnorrers and beggars, and yes. that was kind of fun. Right. And this time we are going to learn about wags and wits. Wags and wits, huh? One character of which is Herschel Ostropolier. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. And that's where we're I don't at know today. what significance that has, but okay. Well, he's just a guy. Just a guy? He's a jester. Jester. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get into this. Yeah. All right. All right. So we are on page 286. Okay. We are. Starting wags and wits. Got it. Okay. Yep. And this one isn't as funny as last times um, because it's not it's not as um, clever, I think. So maybe it should be called wags and witless? Kind of. Like some of the stories here, let me give you an example um, off the top of my head. It would be like if I came to you and I said, hey, I like hamburgers but I don't like pickles on them. And then you say, why don't you like pickles on them? And then I say, because it's a cruel thing to do to a cucumber. Ha, ha. Yeah, ha. it's like that. You Got know it. what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Like, it, but it's presented as very like tongue in cheek and get it, get it. Mm. And I'm like, yes. I can get it, was, it, but it's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> It's not even a dad joke. Like, dad jokes make you groan, but also kind of go, <laughs> There's this phase that kids go through when they're like, I don't know, maybe four to five? I don't remember exactly what age it is exactly. But, like, it's their knock-knock phase? It's ages four through eight. Four through eight. Okay. <laughs> and I, we call it the knock-knock phase. And they, 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 they learn about knock-knock jokes somewhat, sort of, kind of. So. And then they make up all these horrible I mean, absolutely okay, horrible. Here, let's do one. Ready? Knock, knock. Who's there? Hamburger. Hamburger who? Hamburger, 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 hamburger. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that, that, is, that is an example of... And, and the first couple is like, oh, you're cute. You don't understand how jokes work. Right, right. But, but then and, it keeps going. Yeah. And, and then you're like, oh, God, when does this end? Yeah, and it's a whole phase. Yeah. And then... Um, between the ages of, say, 8 and 12, uh-huh. you get the what I call monotone excitement phase. Right. And that's, like, with our son, um, it was Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. And it's where he would stand very still and he would say it in a monotone. And he would be like, and then he does this and the character does a flip and then his hair does that. And you just and can't possibly and, like, pay attention. No, you can't because it's so fucking boring. Right. Right. And, I mean, God bless the children, right? Like, yeah. I, I love my son, but really, like, that voice. And, you know, the kid, our kid, the kid that you guys all know and love who has been on this podcast a few times, did the same goddamn thing. But it was with, like, <laughs> Wings of Fire, a dragon series. And maybe Minecraft. And and Minecraft, yeah. And it's just, and then this happened, and then that happened, and you have to hold the key down to do this, and it's an X, but not this X, and not that X. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God. And there's, like, 
zero excitement in this voice and it's just like delivering the most boring dull report to you yeah and it can go on for like 20 minutes but you got to be interested you got to show interest because they're showing interest yes and they want to tell you and and you need to be like thrilled that they are telling you a thing that they are interested in yeah so the whole time that you're forgetting to pay attention you're going "Uh uh-huh uh-huh Oh, and then wow. when they pause, yeah. Oh, wow. And then when they pause, you're like, and then what? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, please let it be over. <laughs> and at some point, you are you just have to be honest and be like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry, but I forgot to pay attention just then. <laughs> and what you mean to say is, can you skip to the end? But what they heard was, oh, I need to start all over. And, <laughs> you know, best parent in the world gets an award for sitting through that shit. I did. I sat through a lot of that yeah, shit. We both did. Yeah. So that's why we're the best right. parents in the world. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, right back to this book mm-hmm. and, and the not so good jokes. Right. Right. Okay. So wags and wits an introduction. And I'm just going to read the first couple sentences here. Okay. Like every other people, the Jews were mirthfully entertained by their wits and wags pranksters and scalawags scalawags i like that I word i love pranksters and scalawags <laughs> it was a normal expression of folk life there were a great number of such droll characters among jews mm. okay okay and then they go on to name several that i'm like okay sure yeah. right and one of them that they named though they tell a little bit of history about and his name is um oh shit what is that guy's name i don't know herschel ostra something or other okay <laughs> okay i'll get there in a minute ostrapolia or something like yeah, that yeah, yeah and um he became a jester and he was just so hard on his luck that when the job was offered to him he was like just happy to have any job at all because his sure. wife and children were like basically starving and they never had uh, food for their Sabbath meal and all that stuff. Right. So it was just a bad thing. But the guy that hired him was just like this vain, self-indulgent, dumb guy that was like the big boss rabbi. Okay. And so he would like in in present with other people, he would put on this base of grandiosity and like beneficence. Mm-hmm. But then in private, he would like be cruel to the jester, but the jester always had the last laugh. Got it. And so some of these we will get to, um, Herschel did this and Herschel did that. And that's why I'm mentioning him because he okay. is actually, um, a, a character that appears in multiple of these tales. Okay. And, uh, one more thing that I want to say is that, all of these tales have been attributed not just to him, but to multiple others. They kind of overlap. So there really is no telling, you know, who who these are about. Got so it. it's like fill in the blank generic name. But um, a lot of times we get his name. Got it. Okay. So the first story is like 500 pages long. And I'm not going to lie. I didn't even read that one because I was like, <laughs> it, it was too long. For, okay. I mean, okay, it starts on page 287 and goes on to end on page 299. And it's just... There's no way we were reading it for the podcast. Yeah, I wasn't going to read it. I didn't want to sum it up because I'm already summing up other things. And there's a bunch of other short little ditties in here that I did read. Okay. So on page 299, 
Um, there's this one called the Jew and the Caliph. Is that, am I saying that right? Caliph, C-A-L-I-F. As far as Caliph? I know, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to say Caliph. Okay, once there was a Caliph of Arabia who hated Jews, so he issued the following decree. Every Jew who enters my kingdom must be halted by the guards and ordered to tell something about himself. If he lies, he is to be shot. If he tells the truth, he is to be hanged. Jesus. By this stratagem, the caliph hoped to exterminate all the Jews in Arabia. Why don't you just shoot them all? I mean, like, then you don't have to ask them anything. You save some time. I think that... Um, I mean, like, that's a ridiculous like what thing. We, like, what we say today about the Republicans, the cruelty is the point. Okay. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, give them a chance to think that there's hope for them. Okay. Because you don't really care about the answer. Right. You're going to kill him regardless. I guess. One day a Jew came. When the caliph's servants commanded him to tell something about himself, he said, I'm going to be shot today. <laughs> the guards were confused by his words, so they brought the matter to their royal master's attention. Hmm, cogitated the wily caliph. This is indeed a difficult matter. If I were to shoot the Jew, it would imply that he told the truth. But in that case, the law is that he should be hanged, so I cannot shoot him. On the other hand, if I had hanged, if I had him hanged, it would imply that he told a lie. And for that, the law provides shooting, so I cannot hang him. And so they let the Jew go. <laughs> and that reminds me of something that we got into last week, which was that paradox. Right. Um, it reminds me of the scene in the movie Labyrinth where... The girl has to choose which door she should go through, and one always tells the truth, and one always lies, and it's this whole riddle thing, and she figures it out, but, yeah. like, I can never follow. It's too hard for me. <laughs> okay, the next one is on the same page, 299, and it's called, When a Scholar Takes to Drink. A Talmudic scholar? A Seuss? Unheard of thing! Yet there was such a scholar... Once, a friend rebuked him. Don't you know that our sages condemned drunkenness? Do you need to tell me that? retorted the scholar. Of course I know. I'm not drinking to get drunk, but to drown my sorrows. <laughs> Have you succeeded in drowning them? the friend asked. No, I'm afraid not, the scholar answered grimly. You see, my sorrows are very spiteful. The more I drink, the better swimmers they become. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty good. Yeah. Okay, the next one also starts on 299, and it's called Drinking Logic. Okay. An old Jew was arrested for drunkenness and taken before a magistrate. The magistrate was taken aback. How, he asked sympathetically, did this happen? Nothing happened, answered the prisoner. I'm not drunk at all. Now see here, uncle, said the judge. It is perfectly obvious that something happened to put you in this state. Come, tell me in your own words. It is really very simple, began the old man. I took one drink. There are many biblical authorities for such conduct. One drink any one may take. Now, this drink made me a new man. Naturally, the new man was entitled to a drink. <laughs> so he had a drink. Then we were two. As all the world knows, when two Jews get together, it is permissible for them to have a drink. By this time, we were joyous. And on a joyous occasion, one must drink. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I like that. I did like that, that one. Yeah. Okay, so skipping ahead to page 302, we have the four-sided traveler. The traveler has come. 
Okay. That's a line from Ghostbusters. Oh, oh. No. I should have guessed. I yeah. mean, you know. Yeah. Gozer, the go- go- Gozerian, right, right, yeah. says it. Yeah. Okay. The four-sided traveler. A weary traveler alone. Oh, wait. That's not what I wanted to tell. Never oh. mind. I'm not telling Never mind. We're one. not doing that one. Nope. No. Nope. Sorry. Skip that one. I didn't put a star rewind. next to it. Yep. Rewind. You okay. could even cut that out if you nah. want. Nah. Nah. Okay. So, but on page 302 is dramatic criticism. Okay. I did put a star next to that one. Got it. Got it. Mrs. Goldstein could never induce her husband to enter a theater. He had an excuse always for staying home or for joining his cronies at gin rummy or pinnacle. But at last, Mrs. Goldstein's patience was exhausted. This time, she proclaimed, you go with me or I'll give you a reason to regret it. (laughs) So Mr. Goldstein permitted himself to be dragged to the drama. He squirmed and fidgeted through the evening while his wife responded appropriately to the play. What do you say now? She asked triumphantly when the lights went up. It stinks, was the laconic reply. What do you mean it stinks? She asked. I'll tell you, said Mr. Goldstein, disgust finally breaking through his restraint. In the theater, it's always the same. A man and a woman. Now when he wants, she doesn't want. And when she wants, he doesn't want. And when they both want, down comes the curtain. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was cute. Yeah. Cute, cute, cute. Okay. So now we're getting into the Herschel Ostropolier. Ostropolier. Okay. 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 I'm just going to call him Herschel. Yeah. Okay. We're getting into all his stories. Okay. Yep. So he's a wit and a wag and a skella wag and a prankster or whatever. Got it. He's the jester. Sure. Okay. Yep. So. On page 306, we have Herschel's Revenge on the Women. Mm. Mm. As soon as Herschel Astropolier went to serve Rabbi Boric, that's the the guy guy that that I, yeah, yeah, as his jester, he met with a hostile stare from the rabbi's wife. She found all sorts of petty pretexts to abuse him. Once, when he tried to defend himself, she turned her back on him insultingly and shut him up with the retort, your excuses are making me deaf. You're raising such a racket with them. Mm. Herschel smarted under the abuse and lay low. Some day, he vowed, he'd avenge the insult. <laughs> Some time soon after, the rabbi's wife said to Herschel, send your wife to me. It's high time we got to know each other. With pleasure, answered Herschel eagerly. She'll regard it as a very great honor, believe me. But I must warn you, may it not happen to a dog. She's deaf as a wall. If you want her to hear you, you've got to shout. (laughs) I understand, I understand, the rabbi's wife assured him commiseratingly. Never fear, I'll manage. Just have her come to see me. When Herschel came home, he said to his wife, that illustrious shrew, the rabbi's wife told me she would like to get acquainted with you. But I've got to warn you be times, she's stone deaf. If you want her to hear you, you've got to shout. I understand, said Herschel's wife knowingly, and went to see the rabbi's wife. When the two women met, they both began to shout and scream at each other ever louder and louder. <laughs> Their cries even reached into the rabbi's study where he was closeted with his disciples. Frightened out of his wits, the rabbi dashed into the wife's room, the disciples close at his heels. What the rabbi saw was something he never forgot. Both women were at the point of collapse. Their voices were hoarse and their cries sounded more like croaks. 
What is the meaning of this? cried the rabbi in astonishment. Why are you shouting this way? Herschel's wife is deaf, gasped his wife. I had to yell so she could hear me. And why do you shout? asked the rabbi of Herschel's wife. What else should I do? Your wife is stone deaf, croaked Herschel's wife, her tongue hanging out. <laughs> My wife's stone deaf? You're crazy, woman, cried the rabbi, beside himself with rage. Who told you that? Why, Herschel did. All this while, Herschel stood near the rabbi, enjoying himself tremendously. <laughs> Impudent fellow, roared the rabbi. Explain yourself instantly. What kind of a prank is this anyway? I am innocent, rabbi, pleaded Herschel. All right, so it's my fault, said the rabbi sarcastically. Blame your wife, rabbi, urged Herschel. The other day, she was angry at me for some reason. I was entirely innocent. Then, addressing the rabbi's wife, Herschel continued, Do you remember that when I tried to explain, you turned your back on me and said, You're raising such a racket with your excuses, you're making me deaf. Well, what did you expect? I shouldn't believe you. Why should I have doubted you? Also, was it wrong of me to give due warning to my wife? If she spoke in a low voice, you wouldn't have heard a thing. <laughs> Besides, wouldn't it have been highly inconsiderate of her to do so? But why did you tell me your wife was deaf? rasped the rabbi's wife in a hoarse voice. What a foolish question, retorted Herschel. Imagine if after only a few months I made you deaf with my excuses. How deaf do you think I've made my wife after being <laughs> married 20 years to her? Don't either of you say I didn't warn you. <laughs> That's cute, right? Yeah. All right. So this one starts on page 307 and it's called How Herschel Almost Became a Bigamist. Mm. Herschel's wife was nagging him to death. You're a ne'er-do-well, she cried. You're a schlamazel and a fool. Only you think you're smart. If you didn't speak so impudently to the rabbi and to the gabbai and to all the rich men of the town, we wouldn't be so badly off. When Herschel heard this, he grew angry. You're a nice one to preach at me, he said bitterly. Why, you've caused me more trouble than if you were ten good-for-nothing relatives. What on earth are you jabbering about, asked his wife. Listen to this story and you'll know, began Herschel. Years ago, when I was still young and handsome, shortly after we had married, I was making a journey on foot. I never was more tired and hungry than I was that day. On the way, I met another poor traveler. Uncle, I asked him, do you know if there's a Jewish settlement nearby where some kind-hearted person will take pity on a foot-sore foot traveler and give him something to eat and a place to sleep? Indeed I do, replied the man. Not far from here lives a Jewish tenant farmer. He is stuffed with money like a Passover goose, but he won't give a poor man a teaspoonful of water. The only person welcome in his house is a marriage broker, because his daughter is an ugly old maid, and he would like to see her married at all costs. <laughs> when I heard this, I went to call on the miser. I introduced myself not as a marriage broker, but as a virtuous young man in search of a bride. Would you believe it? After being wined and dined in his house for several days, he proposed that I become his son-in-law. <laughs> to make a long story short, I consented. You miserable what wretch, interrupted Herschel's wife. How could you have done a wicked thing like that with me being your wife then? Easy, easy, cautioned Herschel. Just listen patiently to the end of my story. A day was fixed for the wedding to take place in several weeks. In the meantime, I lived in luxury, tasted everything from honey to vinegar, 
And when the wedding day arrived, there was nothing left to do but to break down and tell the truth. So I said to my bride's father, Listen, father dear, since today is my wedding day, it is my duty to tell you everything about my family so that later on you shouldn't have any grievances against me. I'm listening, he said. I have a brother, I began, and he is an immoral fellow. What difference does it make? He answered cold-bloodedly. My sister-in-law is unfaithful to her husband. If your brother doesn't bother me, why should your sister-in-law? I have two good-for-nothing uncles. That should be my biggest worry. <laughs> I have a sister and she has an illegitimate child. Mm. What? An illegitimate child? Bad, bad. But, you know, what can we do about that? Right. I assure you that in my family there are drunks, card players, and libertines without number. At this, my bride's father broke into a smile. What has that got to do with you? He asked. All we have to do is to take out the cow and burn the barn. I saw I was in a desperate position, so I finally said, But father, dear, I have a wife. When he heard this, he became livid with rage. He seized me by the scruff of my neck and threw me out. I ask you, say yourself, doesn't that prove that you are worse than all the ten good-for-nothings in my family rolled in one? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, yeah? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, here we go. On page 313, what Herschel's father did. Okay. Once, Herschel stopped at an inn to spend the night. There were no other guests at the time. The innkeeper was away, and only his wife was there to receive Herschel. I'm half dead with hunger, Herschel told her. Do give me something to eat. Looking at his shabby clothes, the woman thought to herself, This man is a tramp. Why take a chance and feed him? I'm very sorry, my good man, but there isn't a drop of food in the house. What? No food, cried Herschel, jumping up. For a moment, he stood deep in thought. Then he muttered, In that case, I'm afraid I'll have to do just what my father did. When the innkeeper's wife heard this, she grew alarmed. What did your father do? she asked, all a-tremble. Never mind, my father did what he did, said Herschel ominously. <laughs> what in heaven's name could this man's father have done, the innkeeper's wife wondered. It's a bad business, me all alone with him in the house. Who can tell? His father may have been a murderer, and if he threatens to do what his father did, good God! Without a word, she set the table and served Herschel <laughs> all manner of good things. Herschel was so hungry, he ate like a wolf. When he had finished, he smacked his lips and said, I haven't eaten such a good dinner since Passover. Seeing that the stranger was in a good mood, the woman asked timidly, Be so good and tell me, what was it that your father did? Oh, my father, replied Herschel innocently. Whenever my father didn't have any supper, he went to bed without it. <laughs> <laughs> tell me that's not fun. Oh, I think that is it. Yes, that is it. That is it. Those were, I, I thought they were pretty funny. Well, I read you the good ones. Okay, okay. I read you the best of the best. Fair enough, fair yeah. enough. I mean, I was, I was, I was you know. Entertained. Wanting, yeah, I was entertained. Yeah. I I didn't have a lot to say, honestly. I, mean, I didn't have hardly anything to say. Yeah. Normally, I have a few things to say. Yeah. But not today. No, these were fun. Yeah. No, they were, that, that's, that's really all I got. Those were pretty fun. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. 
All right. Well, that was uh, our book club for today. Sacrilegious book club. <laughs> and <laughs> we will be back tomorrow with our... Um, Psalms wrap up. Wrap up. Yep. And then the day after that, we will have our... Psalms contradictions. And then we're going to have a special episode by OK Atheists on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday and Friday are kind of yet to be determined, but it's I think going to be like... A, a replay of an old episode and then maybe a, a Patreon that you guys, if you aren't a patron, has never heard. It'll be a release from a while back. of a Patreon episode to the public. Yeah. yeah. So hang in there. We're taking our week off, sort of, kind of. Yeah. And then um, we'll be back the week after with our regular uh, episodes, which will start in on... The uh, Book of Proverbs. Yeah, Proverbs. All right. We'll see you guys then. Yep. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. 